So we are continuing in our Journeying with John series, and we are um, continuing through this expository series through the Gospel of John. And we are in chapter 5, and we are going to pick up where we left off, which is verse 17. It says this, But Jesus answered them, My Father worketh hitherto, and I work. So God is at work here, and I'm at work. That's what he's saying. He's like, God the Father is at work, and I, Jesus, I'm at work. And in essence, you know, he's revealing that he is God. Look at verse 18. Verse 18 says, Therefore the Jews saw the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but he said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. So there's a support that you have uh, for verse 17. We're going to see a lot of things happen where the Jews seek to kill Christ on the account of blasphemy. They started to keep their tally. So first he healed a man on the Sabbath. And so they're mad about that. That's a whole problem um, in and of itself of them being mad about someone uh, getting healed from a lifelong ailment, but we'll save that for another day. And now the claims to be God. So you see that the Jews are just not happy. Let's look at verse 19. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise okay so in verse 19 he lets them know that no one can do anything uh, without the power of God so what the father does the son does also so he says hey I can't do anything without the power of God to do so look at verse 20 for the father loveth the son and showeth him all things that himself doeth and he will show him greater works than these that ye may marvel and so um, in, in verse 20 uh, we see some things here. We see that God loves Jesus and he shows all things to Jesus. And he will show Jesus greater things uh, than he sees now. So you may ask why Jesus needs to be shown anything. Remember that Jesus Christ had to suppress his deity in order to fully experience life like man does. And so Jesus was in a position where he was getting things revealed to him. We see that young with him in his life when he was younger. Uh, remember back in Egypt where his parents came to get him and after they left, the Bible says that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature uh, with both God and man. So we get that uh, there from scripture. Verse 21. For as the Father raiseth up the dead, and the quick and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. Alright, so in verse 21, we see that God raises the dead. We see that word quicken. And what does that word quicken mean? That word quicken means to make alive. So he makes them alive. He will raise Christ. And I believe this is a foreshadow uh, of the death um, and resurrection of Christ. It's a foreshadow of what's to come. Verse 22, for the father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto his son. So God, uh, we see, I believe this is a little bit of a double entendre that God, number one, um, gives Jesus Christ the power um, and the authority uh, to judge. But also, Jesus also received the judgment of God in dying on the cross uh, for our sins. So those are a couple of things that I think we can take away from verse 22. Look at verse 23. That all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father, which hath sent him. 
All right, so he sacrificed his sacrifice warranted true honor and glory. So it says here, if you don't honor the son, you don't honor the father, which is something that really um, that really shocks me. Something that really um, is different for me is because some people will say, oh, I believe in God, but I don't believe in Jesus or that Jesus is the only way where the scripture says, if you don't honor the son, you don't honor the father. So uh, it's a little bit of a of, of a sticky situation. Uh, because you got to be able to honor the son. You must honor the son in order for you to properly honor the father. Look at verse 24. It says, Verily I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death to life. Hearing the words of Christ and believing in God will save you from condemnation. I love how God and Christ always have each other's back. Um, that's such a huge thing. It, may, it reminds me of where it says in the scripture that no one comes to the Son unless the Father compels him. And then the scripture also says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one cometh to the Father but by me. So I love the way that they, that they always in scripture have each other's back. Verse 25. It says here, uh, verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. Um, and I believe this is in reference to spiritually dead and how they will hear the voice of Christ and, um, and live. I think that's a powerful tool. But as I tell you before, I believe there's always a, a physical representation to a spiritual issue that we'll see uh, coming up here soon in scripture look at verse 26 for as the father hath life in himself so hath he given to the son to have life in himself it's important for us to remember that the theme of the of john is the son of god and with that being the theme john will focus much on the deity of christ over anything else and with that in mind we see that christ is life christ as the subject is as linking verb life as the predicate nominative so christ is life and he doesn't participate in it he is life and that's why he can give it that is such a huge huge deal uh for us uh to have for us to cling to look at verse 27 and hath given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man. So we see this again. So Christ does not have just the power to give life, but he also has the power to judge. Verse 28 and 29, I think are huge. It says, marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth. And they that have done good unto resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. So remember, I was telling you that I believe there is a physical representation to the spiritual manifestation. And a lot of that, I think we even see when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus and he was saying, you know, when the wind comes, you can't see where the wind is going, but you can only see the effects of it and how the Holy Spirit was the same way. So there's a lot of times in scripture where there are pictures made, um, of physical things that happen that represent spiritual uh, that represent spiritual things, and I think that's something that we should uh, keep an eye on. But that's what I believe is happening here in verses 28 and 29. Uh, for those who have not done uh, what the Bible says is required for eternal life, will get such, and those who um, who have not will not. So it's important for us to uh, remember that. Look at verse 30. Verse 30 says. I can of mine own self do nothing as I hear. 
I judge and my judgment is just because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the father, which hath sent me. All right. So Jesus did nothing of his own free will. And he was talking about that way back in the beginning. He's been saying, I can't do anything unless, you know, I can't do it unless the, the father gives it to me or is done or the father does it. And so he says that again. And so he judges as he's told and he doesn't seek his own will, uh, but God's will. Verse 31. Verse 31 says this. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. It's even incredible for us to look at this and think about the fact that Christ said, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is false. And I mean, we know that Jesus Christ is God. And even so, like that's so powerful because we even see where he sent the disciples over um, on the boat to go over to the other side. And he goes up into the mountain to pray. Right. And we see him spending time with God. We see him uh calling down the power of God on his life. We see him pursuing wisdom. We see him pursuing knowledge. We see him pursuing direction. And that's so huge because Jesus has the power of God because Jesus is God. And even so, he said, I bear not witness of myself. I bear witness of my father. And if I bear witness of anything but my father, my witness is false. And that is such a big deal. So I have four quick takeaways uh, for us as we look through this short lesson tonight. Number one, stop trying to do stuff without the power of God. It's important to realize that. We got to stop doing stuff without the power of God. Why? Because even Jesus didn't do stuff without the power of God. And if Jesus, as we mentioned before, being God, didn't do anything without the power of God, why do we try? Why do we think it's okay for us to try and uh, to do those things and to operate and try to take life into our own hands and, and try to walk outside of the light that God has given us thinking that we have enough power and enough wisdom and enough direction uh, to move the right way? That is so false. Listen to me. I believe that Xavier Small is right dead center in the will of God for his life. And that makes me virtually untouchable, not from trials and not from storms, but if I'm in the center of God's will, I'm in the safest place um, that I have to be, that I can be in order for me to achieve God's will for my life as I continue to move forward. So that's a huge, huge, huge deal. And I know that I can't do anything without the power of God on my life. We must pursue that. Number two, Christ's sacrifice warrants the true honor and glory. The true honor and glory. As we were talking about before, you know, we can't just look at life and think that, oh, I can just, I can try and quote unquote love God um, and serve God without loving his son. And we can't do that. Christ deserves true honor and true glory. And so my question for you is, are you still giving him glory with your life? Are you still giving him glory a year into your walk, five years into your walk, 50 years into your walk? It doesn't matter how far we come. We can't get to the place where we get complacent and apathetic and that we know it all. We have to make sure that we understand that Christ every single day is receiving glory and honor for our lives. Number three, think long and hard before you pursue a life outside of Christ. Why is that the case? Because Christ is life and everything is just a cheap, great value version um, of what Christ has set aside for you. The Bible tells us, we see that he told Samuel, you know, before you were formed in the belly, I, I knew you and I, and I ordained you for a specific purpose. And I believe that God has a specific plan for every single one of us. And if you want to get that A plus life, we have to follow Christ, follow God and, and live a life inside of him. Because again, Everything outside of Christ is just going to be a, 
a cheap virgin. Broken vessels, drinking from vessels that are, that are just going to make us thirst again. We have to make sure that we are living in a life outside of Christ. And if you're going to walk away from the faith, make sure you take a long, hard look at what you're walking into before you do that. And lastly, number four, make sure you're bearing witness of Christ with your life and nothing more. Remember, even Christ said, if I bear witness of anything but myself, my witness is false. You're not doing anything in your own merit. Everything is with the goal that God would be testified of. That, uh, that's one of the best, my most favorite things about my, about my testimony is being able to say, hey, look where I came from and look where I am now. And it's nothing but the power of God working in and through me and in and through my life. And the, way, the same God that works in and through my life is the same God who, walks, who wants to walk in and through yours. And so it's, it's powerful, it's important for us to remember that our lives should testify of Christ. Not of ourselves, not of our parents or our mentors, not of all the things that have happened in our life, but it should testify of what God has done in our lives, even with using the tools like our parents, like mentors, like circumstances. God gets the glory because great things he hath done. All right, so that's all that we've got tonight uh, from this specific lesson, but we're going to pick back up next time um, in our Journeying with John series on verse 32. I'll see you then.